1: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.
0: The beer is cold and the wings are hot. You're in the sports bar with Danger and Bataglia on the Sports Leader 95.7 FM and AM 950 The Fan, Rochester. Um, just to play our game. I mean, that's all that we got to come with. Energy, effort, and execution. You know, that's what we have to do. And as long as we do those three things, we can be the offense we know we can be. The goal each week, no matter what team we go against, is to score on every single drive and be the best offense we can be. Um, so when we're out there, that's what we try to do. I don't, we don't focus on the other side and what they have going on. We can just focus on what we're doing each and every day.
1: Buffalo Bills wide receiver Gabe Davis on the Buffalo Bills offense as they gear up for a matchup on Sunday against the Red Hot Miami Dolphins, the undefeated Miami Dolphins, and we go to Miami to talk to Brendan Tobin. Tobin and Leroy... AM five sixty sports in Miami. Joining us now in the sports bar and and Brendan. Anybody that has watched the Dolphins this year, and I don't I don't know if this is universal. It is like I can't get over the fact they look faster this year than the fast Miami Dolphins team of last year. How is that possible?
2: Uh, a couple of things, and uh, it's it's been the. Uh, I guess improvement in Raheem Mostert. You know he, he he worked a lot this off season. You know he's always been fast, but he you know he was coming off an injury last year, and you know I think it was a bit of a slow roll for him getting into it. And he has just come out of this this season just blazing. Um, so he's he's put on muscle, and then that's made him just even more of a dynamic running back. And then Devon Achan was a, a track star from Texas A&M. Everybody was very excited to kind of see him. Uh, and what he could do in this offense. And so the speed that they've just infused in that backfield with, uh, with a, a well-rounded Ricky Mostert and then uh, just kind of the coming out part of the Von HN has added to what they've already had with uh, with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. So it's been a lot of fun to watch.
0: Yeah, it, the, the one thing that's going to be different for Buffalo going in this game where I, I think the Miami's going to put up points and the Bills, well, their offense going against... The Vic Fangio uh, defense seems like this is a 180. Seems like Josh Allen, oh, there's the single coverage. I like that. Pluck, pluck, pluck. He's facing something different. How do you think the Dolphins defense now matches up against Buffalo?
2: Uh, it's always a challenge because every time they face Josh, you know, I, I think they, they do a good job getting to that first, uh, that first effort at him, but he's a moose and he's, he's so hard to take down and, um, you know, they're not going to have Jalen Phillips in this game and, He's already missed two for the Dolphins. Now they have gotten really good uh, production out of uh, Andrew Von Ginkel, kind of filling in on that rush on the other side of Bradley Chubb. He's, I think, really surprised and flourished under Vic Fangio, uh, getting a little bit more responsibility under him. But, um, you know, it hasn't, uh, that hasn't all come together on the defensive side of things quite like the offense has. Um, they have had a little bit more of an issue stopping the run. Um, they've done a good job of not getting burned too much by the big play in the air. But, you know, Josh Allen's always a tough match against the Dolphins. He's up until last year, they've never beaten him, and uh, or beat him, I think, maybe once in his career. So he's always a tough test. I think uh, Christian Wilkins talked about it this week. You know, they have a nice little fun rivalry between them both. Um, but they know. They know, like, if they have a huge opportunity in front of them, and if they can get to him, and they can, I think, also get out to a fast lead on Buffalo that you know they get that statement going, and and uh, they're in a in a great spot in this uh, in this division early on in the season.
1: Brendan, talk a little bit about the personnel in Vic Fangio's defense, because a lot of times when a defensive coordinator comes in, and installs their system, there's a little bit of a period, a lag in in terms of getting the right players, the right personnel to fit that system. Do the Dolphins have that as an issue early on to your eyes this season?
2: No, I think honestly, I think the person that was the big concern last year that they felt like they had the personnel with Vic and it wasn't clicking. Like they couldn't understand with, with Josh Boyer, why with all this, you know, supposed talent out there, they can't get things going with it. Um, And so with Vic, you know, he is really, uh, he's put some other guys in some positions. They have had a change of safety with Deshaun Elliott. He's done a great job with Javon Holland, who, already looks like he's breaking out into, you know, just even more improvement this year. Um, I mentioned Andrew Von Ginkel; Like he kind of uses him all over the place. He'll use him inside. He'll use him outside. Cater Kohu stepped up a little bit more on the boundary last week because Eli Apple got kind of roasted and toasted against the new England Patriots, which isn't a surprise. They are, you know, hoping eventually for the return of Jalen Ramsey, but Kohu's done a great job, um, stepping up where they, wherever they ask him. And I think that they've gotten, uh, a nice surprise from Deshaun Ellie because they weren't sure how he was going to fit on the safety spot if he was going to take the reins from that role. But uh, he's done a great job. They've uh, brought David Long in at linebacker, who's a little bit more of a speedster, you know, can, can, can cover in those spots. But, you know, Vic's tough on his linebackers. Even a guy like Jerome Baker, who's been here for years, you know, he says he does a good job being a quarterback, but I don't think he's reached my expectations yet. So mm-hmm. the the names are there, but I think he still wants some better production from guys.
0: Brandon Tobin, five sixty, the team, our guest here, talking about those Miami Dolphins, and certainly Tua is a massive story. You can make the argument easily; he's the MVP through three weeks, and while he's the only quarterback from that class that still hasn't gotten his money yet, and I, I understand the Dolphins kind of trying to walk the fine line here. I'm sure you do too. But Brandon, where does the story go? Like, uh, is is Tua? fine with everything that has uh, kind of happened here so far in terms of, of the contract? And d- does something kind of get offered here during the season, or is it just going to – the Dolphins going to have to pay through the nose here if Tua makes it through uh, 2023?
2: I mean, the only real question mark that's just left of them is – and it's a, a fair big one – is just durability, and um, and especially with how concerned head health can be. But look, when Tua talking about has been on the field for the Dolphins these last couple of seasons, He's been lights out. He's been awesome. Um, I, I think the Dolphins really don't have any question in their mind, especially the head coach. He loves him, And I think that they uh, they believe in his talent. And it's just a question of, hey, if he can hold up, then they're not going to have any issues paying him. They didn't really have any issues picking up the fifth-year option on him. I know people kind of try to make that a little bit more of it than it was, but I do think it's a fair question. Hey, can you get through a season? Can you can – you, get out there for 16, 17 games because it's, it's important. And he's done a lot of great things to, you know, bulk up this season, add some muscle. He's getting the ball out of, out of his hand. I mean, so fast. It's been very, very impressive to see how he distributes the football. Um, his uh, he's been taking jujitsu, which is, uh, you know, to protect the the back of his head actually happened the first time last year against Matt Milano, where he tried to uh, extend a play, got it down to Jalen Waddell and Matt, shoved him, and he kind of fell in the back of his head. We also saw the video of him wobbling, and that was kind of the, the spiral down of last year. So his training this year had a lot to do with can he fall, brace himself the right way, which is within jiu-jitsu, like, it's one of the first things you learn is how to break your fall, not hit the back of your head on a, on uh, whatever surface you're on. And I, he's we saw it a couple times in preseason. He looked like he already has it to muscle memory. and um, I mean, his his play has been fantastic, and his teammates are raving about him.
0: Yeah, I mean, you credit McDaniel, but I go back, like Watson, uh, they tried to make a move for him. You certainly tried to make a move for, for Tom Brady, which cost you a first-round pick. So, where did that all come from? Was that just an impatient owner?
2: Oh, man. Yeah, this owner this owner is dying to do so. He's never won a playoff game since he's on the team. Never. I mean, Steven Ross has never had a play, uh, a playoff victory since he took the team from Wayne Haizinga. Um it was twofold. I think it was first Brian they, they they wanted Tua initially in the draft. They were going to mobile uh, they were going to Tuscaloosa to scout him. They were going to Crimson Tide games. The fan base here was doing hashtag tank for Tua. <laughs> then he has the hip injury. Um, they end up going on a run. So they were like, Oh, you know, we're kinda we lose out on, on Joe Burrow, so are we gonna stick with Tua or we're we gonna go with her they go with Tua? And him under Brian Flores, Brian Flores just kind of lost faith in him like immediately. Like he wasn't physically back all the way; he was still rehabbing from the hip. He wasn't at the size he needed to be, Um, and you just could feel like oh, after that rookie season, the coach was already rats off a ship on him. And then the Deshaun Watson stuff kind of popped up, and Brian Flores and him, whatever it was, they had a vibe. He wanted to get Deshaun Watson even before all the allegations were coming out. He was uh, he was snooping around that stuff. So. That was one, and then yeah, Tom Brady. I mean, Stephen Ross loves Tom Brady. He's one of the biggest Michigan boosters. He he really loves Tom Brady. Bruce Beale was one of his partners and had a good relationship with Brady. So they tried tampering with him a couple of times and got ended up. Brian Flores getting fired actually got them exposed for trying to have Sean Payton as their coach and Tom Brady. And by dumb luck, they're still here with a with a Tua who looks like he's entering the prime of his football career, like one of the best QBs in the league. And this weird, quirky, mad genius coach who loves them. And they had this great partnership. So they really kind of found, uh, found themselves butt backwards right into this, uh, this tandem that is, uh, that is, you know, really, you know, been great.
1: Uh, let's talk a little bit about who's going to be in front of uh, Tua, uh, protecting Tua, Brendan. And and we know that there is a couple of injuries that the Dolphins are dealing with. One with Teron Armstead uh, and Connor Williams, the center. The other one, both practicing today. Uh, do we know anything about their evaluation after practice here for for their status on Sunday?
2: Yeah, I think I, surprisingly, I think I'd be less worried about Teron Armstead because he, uh, he's he's always going to be on the injury report. Um, he, he suffered something, uh, in the middle of camp and he's always kind of got, he's always on the injury report with multiple stuff. Uh, but he, he did make his return last week. He looks fantastic. Um, I would expect him to be, uh, to be out there. Connor, I think is, is looking like he's, he's tracking to play. Um, that would bring me a little bit of angst if he didn't, because their backup center is Liam Eichenberg, and any Dolphin fan, if you bring up that name. Gets a little bit of a cold sweat going because he was a second-round tackle. Didn't work there. They tried him at left guard. He got beat out by a free agent. Now he's all the way into center. He's the backup center. You know, it's kind of like his last effort to be on the, the roster of the spot. So um, if he doesn't play, definitely a concern, especially with how monstrous your guys' front four is. But I do think that it looks like Connor Williams is up to start. The only issues that he's had this year, him and Tua, have had a, a, a few botched snaps that did not happen last game, which is great. But uh, as far as if the snap is successful, he has been blocking like a
0: monster. And we do have a, a couple non-dolphin uh, questions for you. But before we get to that, all right, so 75 and son, come on. Like, the Dolphins are coming up here. It's going to be beautiful. Could be a track meet. Uh, Brendan, how do you see this game kind of playing out?
2: Man, I think it's going to be really, really close. I think that these two teams have shown themselves uh, over the last year that that was a really, really close matchup. Um, I think if the Dolphins want to have success, I do think it's 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 a big deal for them to throw that first punch because I do think that you guys can get a little front runnery sometimes. So I think that's an important thing if you want to go on the road, try and uh you know get that first uh, that first blood against Buffalo. Um, and, you know the big thing with that too is that this is a, I think probably the you, s- you know see how many sacks Buffalo put up last week. This is going to be the interesting test to see has this offensive line for Miami, uh, really been revolutionized. Is this real? Um, they've passed a really good two has only been sacked once this year. So they've, uh, they've had some decent tests, but I think this is probably the biggest test that they got. So if they can keep Tua up, right. I think the Dolphins are going to still have a successful day putting up a lot of points because, um, even with Sean McDermott hearing him, he's like, this, this is a, uh, you know, pretty crazy stuff that the Dolphins are putting forth to get these guys open. It's uh, very impressive what Mike McDaniel has been doing so far.
0: All right, so explain to me, were you up to 1258 last night there, Brandon? Was I up to what? 12, 1258 in the morning when they finally called the Marlin game? Because I'm confused here. Oh, are, they, are they going to make this game, the, the play the final inning on Monday, or are they actually going to go to this obscure rule where it's going to revert to, hey, uh, we're calling this game for the Mets? What is, what is the ruling on this?
2: I don't know. Uh, It sounds like the early going of it is they want to have to get that game in, but I know that, you know, things are looking really rough over there. I've seen some of the videos uh, with the flooding and all that. I think the Mets already have postponement with the Phillies too. So it's, uh, that's an interesting question. I'm not sure, but I, but yes, I, I did uh, stay up yesterday and, you know, was furious about it because, you know, it was kind of the second time you already dealt with it. I know Skip Schumacher is very frustrated. You know, he's, he's a bit of a, a maniac and, and likes to, and is very competitive. And this is coming down to the wire in a wild car race. They already had the Mets owner come out and apologize. And then there was a thought that there was about a 25 minute window that they could have gotten the game in. Um, and they didn't. And I think that that really frustrated him because when he's, you know, the Marlins already down two starters and are shuffling things around because of Sandy's injury, Yuri Perez is, uh, is, is at the innings limit. So, they're already trying to scrounge together to get to the end of this thing. They're right on the cusp of making their first playoff person's Oh three in a non shortened season. And I just think there's a lot of tension there. So I, I think if they have to play it, they're going to probably end up playing it, but, um, that was uh, that was really rough last night. I know that the 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 manager was very upset about that. Brendan, GM too.
1: One other uh, bit of Miami sports news here: we knew that that Dame wanted to go to Miami. How did Dame not end up in Miami?
2: Man, it just seems like um, this was a pure move of spite from the Blazers to keep Miami out of it. I think that you know, reading all the reports around it. Um, were that you know they, I don't think he liked the fact that it felt like there was something orchestrated behind the scenes for him to get to Miami, and I think that Dame and his agent probably thought like he's Damian Lillard, they're gonna do right by him because he's always been a good soldier for him, and I I think they underestimated how uh, Joe Cronin was going to be petty and keep Miami in the dark, keep them in the dark, and um yeah the Heat fans are freaking out for not getting them. I mean you know, him and Bam out of bio are very, very close and um, and he's kind of the perfect fit with Bam, with Bam and Jimmy. And not only do you lose them, but you lose them to arguably your biggest rival because every time the Heat and the Bucks match up, whoever wins that series typically gets to the finals. And you know, now they see uh that 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 tandem they were dreaming of with Bam and Dame together, now it's Bam and now it's Dame and Giannis. So yeah, we definitely all thought that he was coming here, even with all the reports saying, "Oh, there's not a lot of talks." We thought that eventually that the Blazers were going to crack, and this guy, you know, to uh, to his point, he was he was not willing to bend. But, I mean, told Damian Lillard it was crazy. I don't know if you guys saw that report, but told Damian Lillard uh, after Damian was ready to once he found out he wasn't going to negotiate with the Heat, Damian's like, "Okay, I just want to stay with the Blazers. I rescind my trade request." The guy told him, no turning back. I was like, "Whoa!" I don't read many things that shock me, but I was like, "Jeez." No, to Damian Lillard, you're telling him that that he can't come back to his franchise. That was wild. So, uh, yeah, but but Heat fans are freaking out that they didn't get him for sure.
0: Uh, don't worry, it's, it's all going to work out. And here's how: the, the the Miami Heat will once again be the eight seed, and you'll knock off Miami, and Giannis will be saying to everybody, "It is not a failure." It is yeah, really yeah. A you knock off tried. the Bucs,
1: and yeah. then the Bucs will you know have to re, you know fire their coach and and you know justify it by saying that the season wasn't a failure when they they get knocked out by an eight seed.
2: Uh listen, I'm 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 gonna be at Heat Media Day. We're doing our show live there on Monday and uh, you know, I imagine we'll get a few minutes with Spo and you know that guy. He if you if you guys don't know Spo, he uh, no matter what it looks like from the outside, that dude is a maniac and <laughs> will stack his team up against anybody and figure out a way. There'll be some dude from like Kansas State we've never heard of that's gonna be shooting forty percent from three. So it's like, Oh yeah, I knew about that guy in camp. So that's you know, they they do have um they do have a resourcefulness to them that will always make people feel like when they're written off, that's when they like being there. But their stars definitely want a Dame And uh, Jimmy Bann wanted that to happen. And for it to not happen, they uh, they got to go back to the well and uh, and see how they can pass this together to get back to uh, to another deep uh, playoff run.
1: Brandon, floor is yours. Tell us about Tobin and Leroy. Tell us about 560 Sports Miami and all the other offerings that you have here leading up to kickoff on Sunday with the Bills and the Dolphins.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, and for anybody who uh, wants To uh, get a little pregame coverage, you guys can go to uh, Miami 560 WQAM on YouTube, and uh, you can watch uh, and listen on the Odyssey app uh, to uh, Game Day Uncensored. Myself, Omar Kelly, and Alejandro Solano will be doing four hours of uh, pregame coverage, so we go get going at nine, if anybody wants to get us, because it's probably the longest pregame show I've ever heard of, but... uh, if you guys want to check us out there, that's cool. Tobin and Leroy, my guy, Leroy Ward and I, we do a show every day, ten a.m. to two p.m. Same channels. Um, we talk sports, we get silly, we have a lot of fun guests, and so uh, you guys can all check us out there.
0: Brandon, appreciate this, and uh, yeah, let, who, who knows how the world's going to look week eighteen? But we think it's going to come down to that Bills and Dolphins.
2: Uh, that'd be awesome. It'd be uh, it's going to be a fun race for sure, boys. Talk to you then,
1: Thanks, Brandon. Brandon. Appreciate your time. All right. Brendan Tobin. Tobin and Leroy, you can hear him on AM560 Sports in Miami in the free-to-download Odyssey app. Brendan, part of our
0: Odyssey Sports family of stations. Yeah. it's. Uh, I, I think we have to keep in mind that, yes, is playing great, but there were doubters there. They tried to get rid of this guy twice. So can the Bills get Tua off the mark and will bad Tua show up? It's possible. Let's get to some
1: takes on tap next with I'll drink to that in the sports bar.
0: Yeah, look, I've got my idea as far as uh, what to fix here in the NBA, this story danger that Portland faked an injury with Mm. Dame time, Mm. told him, you know, sit out for the calf. This should be a big deal. Probably it won't be. But my simple solution to Adam Silver to stop this tanking nonsense. And Sunday is the first day of October, and I'm already starting to see this Halloween costume come across my feed. Mm. And if you are a young couple, old couples don't do this sort of stuff, dress up for Halloween. But if you're a young couple, I'm going to give you my advice here on how to get out of it.
1: Uh, we had PJ Glasser, Beck UL, uh send it in, join us uh, earlier in the week. And this is one of those instances where I understand what he's saying. and His comments are valuable, but I'm going to ignore oh, his
2: advice. No. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger.
1: i got a few picks that I like. College football and the NFL for this weekend. We'll go into the danger zone here in a little bit with I'll drink to that. Some takes on tap next in the sports bar, Danger and Bataglia, 95.7 FM and AM 950. The Fan Rochester. Odyssey has sports for every fan. Keep up with your favorite teams from across the country and get the inside scoop from experts. A-U-D-A-C-Y. Odyssey. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe.